Welcome everybody, filibuster freestyle. It is an annual spring tradition to talk March Madness with our buddy Jeremy Johnson of Man Cook Good. You also know him from the Sports Jerks. Longtime friend, a longtime listener, a longtime caller, if you will, longtime pundit of the show. We're deviating a little bit from the typical pick all 64 or 68 teams based on food that is regional to their city or town or state or region. That's on me, right? That's on me. Your host became a dad 11 months ago, and things like 68-team food brackets, they, they just creep up on you. Next thing you know, it's the Sweet 16, and you're texting Jeremy and saying, let's do the Final Four and the Final Four only. So we're going to review food options and pick the championship, the championship game and the, and the eventual champion of this year's 2023 Final Four featuring Florida Atlantic, Miami, the South Florida connection, all over the Final Four, and also UConn, and finally San Diego State on the West Coast, all the way on the West Coast, where Jeremy Johnson will be calling in from. He's in L.A. They're obviously in San Diego, close enough for those of us who don't live in Southern California. However, to you Southern Californians, Californians, excuse me, Believe me, this is your chance. Last year, Jeremy dragged the carne asada cheesy fries out of San Diego. The people spoke. The people did not appreciate that disrespect. Something tells me it's going to go a little bit better for the San Diego State University carne asada cheesy fries, or whatever they're actually called. Jeremy will get that in a second. This year, this time around. Also, before we hit the theme song, Pop Sketch Designs, let me tell you about the promo that we have going with Pop Sketch Designs and America's favorite favorite party band, Drilling Threes. As you may know, Pop Sketch Designs made an incredible Celtics-themed Drilling Threes t-shirt, and you can get it in green, you can get it in gray. They're both fire. And in honor of the Final Four, there is now a version that you can go to if you are a Miami fan, a San Diego State fan, a Florida Atlantic fan, or a UConn fan, you can get a Drilling Threes co-branded with your team Final Four jersey. That's at Pop Sketch Designs on, on Insta- at Pop Sketch Designs on Instagram. Wow, having so much trouble talking tonight. Leave that in, producers. At Pop Sketch Designs on Instagram, Etsy store, Etsy.com slash shop slash Pop Sketch Designs. And also follow Drilling Threes at Drilling Threes, America's favorite party band. They've got swag, they've got gear, they've got shows coming towards you soon. Here comes the theme song. Filibuster, filibuster freestyle. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us from the Subaru Sound Booth in Hollywood, Los Angeles, California, Mar Vista to be exact, Jeremy Johnson from Man Cook Good. He's an original sports jerk as well. JJ, what's going on tonight, or this afternoon, if you will, in L.A.? Well, you know, I don't know how many tears people in New England are uh, crying for the uh, Southern California, but we have gotten like a legitimate winter this year. I heard. We've gotten way too much rain, and um, I mean like literally too much water, like, and snow. We're going to have major flooding soon, but today the sun is out. It's stunning. Um, I'm just limping through my day. I had a little callback to when I had a, 
like a six month old to 18 month old when, you know, I didn't sleep through the night for like a year straight. Um, last night out of nowhere, she woke up like three times. I found myself back in the recliner in her room with a blanket. It was a disaster. And, uh, I felt it all day. My God. I can, I can, I can relate. I have a six month to 18 month old currently. I have an 11 month old almost. And, uh, she does sleep most nights, but when they do revert back to that newborn status, oof, oof. Yeah. I don't want to. You, know, su- you forget. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. You forget how poisoned how poisoned you feel when you don't get a full night's sleep, or even like oh. in a row. You know. Uh, um. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um. He couldn't agree more. I don't want to solve this tonight, but I do think it's incredibly unfortunate that Southern California had this enormous drought for years and then these atmospheric rivers are taking it beyond the rain needed. I, I, I We're not going to solve the problem tonight, let alone tackle it tonight, but it's unfortunate that just can't seem to hit that sweet spot of precipitation. So I do, I do, I, I, that sucks. No way, other way to say it. It's unfortunate. Kev, Kev, ski season... Two-hour drive from here, ski season will be until July, maybe August. They have like 600 inches of snow on the ground. Wow. Okay? Think wow. about that. That's a lot. I mean, I mean, that's, like that's a lot. have been like trapped in their neighborhoods since the first snowstorm when they got walled like 10 feet. And they're just still just more. And we got more rain coming in this week. I don't know if it's going to result in snow. Probably not. But. There's a whole other JJ, serious question to, to serious question before we get into the brackets. Is this La Nina? Is this El Nino or is this some other child? Let me introduce you to a term called atmospheric river, Gavin. Oh my god. And did you not get what an atmospheric river is? Because we're gonna give you one a week for like three months. Oh my god. Oh my it's like the Pineapple Express. Um it's just like Normally, our weather comes from, you know, either the northwest and it comes down the state or um, occasionally things will shift and we get weather from Mexico and parts beyond. Um, In this situation, for whatever reason, we're just getting like storms off of the ocean over and over and over again. And, uh, you know, I could I could speak for pretty much, you know, everybody in this region. Um. We're over it. It's all, you know, I, I well, none of like you moved to Southern California to deal with 600 inches of snow in your mountains or atmospheric rivers. I mean, that's a fact. So I need a rebate. It's expensive to live here. No There's doubt. A sunshine tax. And they're not <laughs> delivering on what they promised. That's fair. That's fair. Well, listen, speaking of sunshine taxes, a great segue. Three of the four teams in this year's Final Four are from the Sunshine States, plural, not literally. But literally, South Florida has not got not one, but two college basketball teams into their first ever Final Four. San Diego State, down the road from you on the I-5, is in their first Final Four. And the only quote-unquote blue blood are the resurgent Yukon Huskies coming out of stores, straight out of stores, Connecticut. It is the wildest Final Four of all time, and I'm glad for some reason— um, I know the reason. I'm too busy with being a dad and being really bad at time management that we didn't have to pick the bologna and cheese of the other 64 games because they would have all been wrong if we picked them legit. They would have probably all been wrong if we picked them by food. But then again, here we are, and three of these four teams have had either fan favorites, I'm looking at you, San Diego State, carne asada fries, or actual favorites in the hot lobster roll of Connecticut, 
in the past and the Cuban sandwich out of Miami in the past. I don't know where you're going to go this time around, but I'm super excited. And then Boca Raton, everybody, we teased it on Instagram last night. You better buckle up down in Boca Raton. That's all I'm saying. All I'm saying. So where do we start, JJ? Where do we start? Here's the thing, though. For somebody that I'm not a huge um, college sports fan, college basketball fan, but I tune in every year a little bit. And um, and finally, in these tournaments, whether it's the World Cup or March Madness, every year that they host one, everybody's like blown away by how crazy the outcomes were. And then at the end, like UConn wins, or Kansas wins, or sure. Duke wins, like or Argentina. Argentina wins with Messi, the right? Final, you know? Right. Um, the the quality, the blue bloods always seem to rise to the top at the end. But we sure go on a great ride, and now you've got three out of four um, teams are not like uh, they've never, never been in. Never. These are not never. college basketball schools, right? Never. Um, you know, Miami's got their – they're just paying their players now, so that's what – you know, a little more officially than they used to. Well, I'm saying – well, now it's legal. Now it's on the books. Look, Boca Raton, 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 Raton – I mean, that means like – Mouth of the rats. A bottle of mice. A mouth. Boca, yeah. There's another – It's uh, mouth of the rat. Boca. Raton is mouse. Oh, I thought it was rat, but okay. It was I mean, similar. Yeah, it's mouse. I have a uh, I have a child in a bilingual program, and uh, I'm learning all sorts of uh, simple Spanish to keep up with her. And we've been through Raton, okay, um, a few times. So it's the mouth but, of the mouse, uh, the mice mouth. Man, what a like, what a cesspool of food that region is. It's like I swear every place that's got boats has shitty food. Hmm. Sorry, sorry, Charlotte. Um, Charles not producing tonight, like, so you're good. The same dishes served everywhere. Now you would think, like, if you go to like the Greek Isles, like you're eating things that people are plucking out of the sea and and feeding to you at the restaurant that their brother owns or whatever. They're smashing the octopus up against the rock and then they're throwing it in the water and blanching it and they uh, grill it up real quick. They like. In America, if there's boats, then you've got, like, steakhouses, bars and grills. We've got the baked haddock and the top sirloin. Fried everything. We've got the Caesar salad, and we got the garden salad. You want Italian, or do you want French dressing? I mean, it's just the most pedestrian food. I think no, no coincidence that the people that can afford to own boats tend to be boomers with old-fashioned American tastes. you got to play the hits. I am. I'm looking through the food around Florida Atlantic, and there's not one signature thing. The closest thing they've got is something I'm really well-versed in, in Hospitaliano, Gavin. Do you know what Hospitaliano is? I believe it is the Olive Garden, is it not? It's the Olive Garden, um, you know, opus. It's uh, what they drill in your head as an employee of Olive Garden. I had a very desperate time in my life a long time ago. I've since recovered where I needed to work, and the best job offer I got was the Olive Garden of Darden Corporation. And this is like the the, the lowest brow of the, the family, you know, uh, casual dining, the, the all-you-can-eat breadsticks and salad, the, the, the all-you-can-eat pasta week. The, this is like a quantity over quality kind of operation. Caloric, high-caloric content. Yeah, just like 
they're they're not catering to people that are um, especially interested in food. Again, you play the hits. You get your fried ravioli. You get your little speech. Hey, my name's Jeremy. I'll be taking care of you guys today. Could I interest you in a bottle of Sutter Home White Zinfandel or something cool like that? Or are you guys like not cool and you're going to get waters or whatever? Like it's a complete car wash going in and out of there. And every pitch, every point of their service is a is a sales pitch. The food is often marketed and it's slow when they don't have ads on TV. And um, I'm going to give Florida Atlantic the um, the fl- pasta fagiole of um, wow. Olive Garden. The soup that is like the most edible of the three. Let's say you were living in California, you didn't have a lot of money and you were working at Olive Garden and you had to eat soup from there every day. That's the one I would suggest. <laughs> So we're not picking them to advance. They are playing against San Diego State. And is this, like, is it, this seems like it's a moment for you and the listeners, especially of the San Diego area, to maybe have a reunion. Is that fair to say? Well, like, just right out of the gates, I blew it the last time we did this. I, I spoke down about carne asada. I poo-pooed it. I dismissed it as an art form. Um, I had had it a couple of times. I'd seen it on some menus, carne asada fries. And I, in my mind, it was like nacho. It was like French fries with like nacho cheese and carne asada, crappy carne asada chopped up on it. And if you're willing to pay the extra three bucks, you get an ice cream scoop of guacamole. That is not the case. And mm. I, I stand here corrected by the, by the viewers of Man Cook Good and the listeners of um, Filibuster Freestyle because it's an art form in its own right. It's a it's a palette for um, for chefs to create incredible bar food and load it up with all sorts of delicious salsas and homemade chips and like good carne asada, not the stuff that feels like the brim of your hat. And <laughs> really, I mean, I just I blew it. And like I, I, you know, we made a lot of friends on our journey that year, and I had to repair some of those friendships. And I had to promise to take a closer look at carne asada fries and. I, you know, I come here with my hat in my hand, and I, I humbly present to you again carne asada fries. Now in the final four, the San Diego State University carne asada fries basketball team. With the, with the rabid fan base, like mm-hmm. a shockingly rabid fan base. I, I don't live in San Diego. I live a hundred miles from it, but somehow, like San Diego State University fans, like they pop up in my life a lot more frequently than you might think, and they're like they're watching like, you know early regular season baseball games and like they're not like a football school where that's it that's yeah they, well here's what's cool swim team and stuff yeah here's what's know, cool crazy. about san diego state i actually have a um uh one of my one of my coaches at my job is you know it's a water polo coach and where do they go to school san diego state uh mm. i can totally back that up they love their school the other interesting thing about san diego state is with the chargers leaving town with uh, the Clippers obviously leaving town way back in the day. You know, obviously it's a Padres town, but college sports matters and San Diego State matters. And when San Diego State's got it rolling, that city feels it. And so what a feel-good story that even though you and I skipped the first, like, 64 games of this tournament, San Diego State did such a good job getting to the Final Four that we had a chance for this, like, public reconciliation with carne asada fries and learned a lot about the fandom 
at San Diego State. Go Aztecs. Am I right? I don't. I don't apologize easily or willingly. No. I mean, why would you? Willing to stand on the wrong foot just on principle sometimes. So this is a big deal. This is a big deal. We so, apologies, and maybe next year I'm going to have apologies for Florida Atlantic. But you know what? I doubt it. I, I'm just going to say right here. I, I doubt it. Well, here's maybe the thing. I got here, here's the thing. Florida hard on against Florida. But I'm just in general anti-Florida, and I'm in general anti-restaurants and marina towns. I'll tell you what. I just think it's a pretty solid ethos right there. So we're going big, carne asada fries. Oh, oh by the way, are we going to do uh, Instagram polls or, or for these games? There's no reason why we can't. Oh, I can't wait for carne asada fries to absolutely 99% the Olive Garden. Because you know a couple morons are going to say, Olive Garden, dude, and pasta fajoule. Oh, yeah. But, well, I think I know. I think I know which ones you mean, and um, it'll be nice to have a chat with them. Uh, <laughs> no, no question, no question, no question. All right, so we're going big. Carne asada fries, San Diego State. They're in the final, and then this game. Interesting because these are another again two schools that have typically made the tournament since you and I have been doing this the last five or so years, but haven't made these deep runs since we've been doing this in terms of real life. So. But I know you've been a very big fan of the cuisine in Miami, which so ironic again that it's about a hundred miles or less from Boca Raton, but light years away in food and cuisine choices. So let's talk Miami first. We'll go. Uh, yeah, let's talk Miami first, and then we'll go to UConn second. I, I mean, I think you got you can't like talk about signature food from Miami without starting with the Cuban. Um, can't do it. There's a lot of other ways we could go because of their proximity and their population of people from countries in the area but it's all about the cuban sandwich for me personally um the the pulled pork the mustard the mayonnaise the melted cheese the pickles and then the ham on so top perfect. On so like perfect. a really nice roll that's been griddled on both sides it's a special sandwich and if you you know if you get a side of fries with it you can eat your sandwich over the fries and then you you bathe your your fries in the juices from the sandwich so Ugh. then you get into your fries and it's got that situation where it's crunchy and chewy and and uh and just really special texture so it gets you know it, it lives on past its um past the eating of the sandwich in the fries Yo, it is so wonderful. You go to Calle Ocho, 8th Street, Little Havana, uh, or really anywhere in Miami is going to have a half-decent Cuban or better, but like, man, and it's been often duplicated and sometimes replicated because obviously you have people you know, from Miami or of Cuban descent or, or both who go somewhere else, matriculate elsewhere, and you find these little pockets of the sandwich and even when it's halfway, Geeson is the best. And then when it's truly off the chain, it is truly off the chain. I mean, what a steamroller of a dish to represent the boys from Carl Gables, the Miami Hurricanes. Enough said, right? I mean, God, it's so really good. the this is the this is the like this is the battle here because Connecticut's got their hands on a classic too. Let's hear about it. And well. The, there's two kinds of lobster rolls in this country. One is the famous one. It's the main lobster roll. It's cold. It's mayonnaise-based, and um, it should have like a pound of lobster on a hot dog bun. And then 
for you know those of us that are a little more regional or thinks the proliferation of like lobster brothers uh you know trucks and like the the growth of the lobster roll nationwide there's also the connecticut style lobster yes. roll, which is it's butter based and it's hot and everybody at some point in your life you have to decide if you're a fan of the main lobster roll or the connecticut lobster roll and you're entitled to choose a main lobster roll, but you're wrong. It's a Connecticut <laughs> lobster roll. There's no doubt about it. It's a fantastic um, product. And the, the butter gives you like a vehicle to either go fully classic or infuse. And it's a hot sandwich and the lobster's a little, it's cooked a little bit more. So like, it's kind of easier to eat. You've got less like lobster in your teeth and like, I'm never going to turn down a lobster roll, especially if I'm visiting uh, the Northeast. But it's I'll, I'll drive the extra six blocks to get the uh, Connecticut one if I have to. So uh, this is your they, favorite lobster roll. The Connecticut roll is your favorite roll. Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's uh, there's no debate as far so as I'm you concerned. Were, but you know, if you were going to throw a lobster roll against the Cuban sandwich, you would throw this lobster roll against it. I'm I'm a deeply conflicted man right now because my 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 heart and my uh, my my soul is in the Northeast and um, yet I really love a Cuban. Listen, but where's your stomach? <laughs> I don't. You know, I I think I have to. I would have to go with the Cuban sandwich. I think it's more filling. It's more versatile um, of a meal. It's a. Uh, a lobster roll is expensive and it's small and it's kind of a thing you get on vacation. And a Cuban sandwich is for a working man, which I am a working man. And you go out and you get your sandwich and you put a couple more triglycerides in your blood work and you um, enjoy every bite of it. So we're going in a very tight one, maybe even overtime. Maybe not. We're going... You know, we'll, we're going. We'll let the, the viewers and listeners make their choices. But when it comes to me, it's it's not even, you know, the, the human sandwich pulls away in the second half. Yeah. As I was going to say, it's not even overtime. It's it's a battle, and then all of a sudden you're just like, but we're better. You know, we're better. We're just better. And if we both play our best yeah. game, if we both play our best game, we're better. You know? That's what it is. Yeah, pretty much. There's just more to it. If we don't make more, any mistakes, uh, if we don't make any mistakes, we're going to win tonight. And that's what that's what the Cuban is. Uh, I totally agree. Um, it will be ironic if and when Florida Atlantic wins this whole thing um, from a food standpoint because their food's the worst. And obviously as a school, I mean, again, at least most people were aware of the existence of Miami and UConn and San Diego State before two weeks ago. And I know people know FAU, but like not really. I know Lane Kiffin had a cup of coffee coach in there on his way back to the big time, but yeah, listen, I mean, how about this, too? It's really funny. FAU does something they've never done before, and a school down the street that's bigger and more popular does it, too, the same year. Oof, talk about getting little-brothered. And so, FAU, yeah, really. FAU, we're done talking about you on this podcast. You might win the national title. You might make a title game. You might lose by a million. None of us care about your food. We're sorry. It's a food bracket. You're out. So, with due respect to UConn, who on the floor may win. Uh, you're eliminated, guys. We're sorry. Though I want to see the fan vote. We are a heavily Northeast-produced pod, or at least uh, a consumed pod. But so now we're talking the sunshine versus the sunshine. 
humidity versus 72 and sunny all year round. Um, we're talking carne asada fries. We're talking the Cuban sandwich, San Diego State, Miami. Never thought anybody would say this for the NCAA men's basketball championship of food. Where are we leaning, JJ? I think I think it's got to be the Cuban sandwich. Okay, so we can't we can't have nice things counting us out of fries for that long. <laughs> but I know what you mean. I, I just it's like the Cuban sandwich is an international standard. A hundred percent. And carne asada fries like a a really great regional um, delicacy, but you're not going to find many places that are moving away from San Diego with the the life goal of starting up a carne asada fry shop and making a new life in a new city. You know, this is this is the draw of the Cuban sandwich. Also, the idea that like people that are exiled from modern you know society have this sandwich that they've spread around the world mm-hmm. just because it's great, you know? Right. Again, it's kind of like the sandwich transcends politics, transcends geography, transcends eras, transcends everything, right? And so the carne asada fries has made an unbelievable comeback in your eyes alone, man cook good. And they're making the final, which is no small shakes considering they were you know, not given the proper respect last year. You've come here, you've apologized for it. But at the end of the day, just because I'm like, oh, that band I hate, I actually think is pretty good. It doesn't mean I think they're better than my favorite band, right? And my favorite band is in the final. My favorite band is here. My favorite band is the Cuban. So we're taking Miami to win the whole gosh darn thing, Jeremy Johnson. And I don't dislike it one bit. That's what it is. I am very excited by the, or interested, I should say, to see the fan vote on. Um, well, here's the thing, though. Let's say we get these these picks wrong. It won't be like let's say one of these two teams doesn't make the final. We're gonna put the Carne Asada against the friggin' Olive Garden or whatever, aren't we? Or whatever it is, exactly. the lobster roll. Exactly. So we yeah. might never get to no, see it, but we, we got Carne Asada fries against Olive Garden and pasta fagioli. That's right. So carne asada fries, God willing, is in the final. God willing, is in the final. But I'll be very interested like to see the fans. The easier path. Oh, they absolutely have an easier path. Now, let's just talk really quickly about the actual game. Like the actual, it's so interesting to see how these four teams got here. So FAU, they're a nine seed. They played an eight, a sixteen instead of a one, a four, a three, and a five. Miami. They were five, so you played a 12, a four, a one, and a two. That's like a true test. San Diego yeah, State, yeah. five seed as well. Played a 12, a 13 instead of a four, a one, and then a six. And then UConn was a four seed, got a 13, a five, an eight, and a three. Um, some people are saying the Miami-UConn game is the de facto national title game. Are you buying that? I think, I, 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 I think so. I mean, they're like... Bigger schools, they've got. Um, I know Miami's never been where they are now, but they have a history of sports success, they have bigger, oh. bigger student bodies. UConn is a basketball institution, um, men's and women's basketball, and um, the other two schools are much lesser known regional schools that um, have had an incredible run, and they are where they are because they won their games, but 
they, it, it's hard to pick against the bigger schools, really, especially if you get to these really important games. Well, now everybody's played well to get here, right? And so now it, it is that. Um, what I think is interesting, too, and with, these, with the UConn and the Miami piece is, you know, you've got the Miami coach, Jim Laranega, who took George Mason to the Final Four, what, 13, 16 years ago. Um, he's not afraid, you know. He's taking people who don't belong there there before. Uh, yeah. and, and, you know, Danny Hurley, love him or hate him. I mean, he was good at Wagner. He was good at URI and he's good at UConn. And all he's done is been able to get slightly better guys from Northern New Jersey and New York city as he's moved to bigger schools. But like he is of that place. He is a Northeast basketball coach at the highest level. Again, with guys who are not afraid, he's not afraid. So that game is going to be likely a heavyweight fight. Um, and the only way I could see the winner of the other game getting through and winning and you know cutting the nets is if the other teams beat the crap out of each other and somebody has a cakewalk in the semifinal and just is feeling the flow. Um, but if FAU and their Olive Garden Pasta Fajul win this thing, God, Monday, Tuesday morning breakdown is going to be amazing. <laughs> That's all I can say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, imagine my mea culpa. I, all right, look. Cav, if Florida Atlantic wins, I'm gonna go eat lunch at Olive Garden. Oh, Hospitaliano. Here, I'm gonna I'm gonna remind my um, you know my gut flora what Olive Garden is like. Maybe kickstart you know type two diabetes in one sitting. You know. Let me tell you what. I like this idea so much. I will also go to Olive Garden, and we will do a podcast about our experience at Olive Garden. I like this a lot. That's the Maybe bet. We should probably just do it anyway. Yeah, we're in the bet. We're in this bet <laughs> together, and win or lose, we're probably going to do the pod, but we're going to have to do the pod if Florida Atlantic wins the whole damn thing, and that's only fair. Before we go, we got a couple of other things to get to. Um, great job, as always. I'm looking forward to seeing the fan participation votes on Good on Instagram. Look for that. Also, it's official. I've gotten word in the studio from Marky Sal at Popsketch Designs. The final four... Shirts, Drilling Threes, crossover shirts, which may or may not be copyright infringement material or not, ipso facto, uh, they're ready. They're up on the Etsy store, Etsy.com. Uh, it is at Popscatch Designs, Etsy.com slash shop slash Popscatch Designs. Do you like Miami? Do you like Yukon? Do you like Florida Atlantic? Do you like San Diego State? Do you want one of their shirts that also says Drilling Threes, kind of like a Larry Bird Celtics jersey we have? <laughs> Go there and do it. Go there and do it. Okay. Now, JJ, you have some thoughts on, on um, the ability of WNBA players to play in the NBA. Are we prepared to talk about that right now? Oh, man. You know, I this was spawned by watching um, Caitlin Clark play. And I feel like I'm watching, like, Bob Cousy. You know, that's, that's Bob's game. It's, like, on the floor, a lot of, a lot of shimmy shake, changing directions. And... It got me thinking about, you know, like, uh, how would that work? Like, I think that there are women who could play in the NBA. But they they would have to be, like, the biggest star in the history of the of like, women's basketball and have a certain skill set. If you're six foot three and you can train a three-point shot and at least, like, keep your feet in front of a point guard or shooting guard 
then there's minutes for you. As a girl dad, like you are, that that's possible. It'd just be like such like a interesting, there'd have to be a very specific set of circumstances for a player to want to go from being an absolute star, like your name is on the billboard outside the arena, to... Yes, you're you're the first one to do it, but after that, like you're you're a role player, you know you're because there's a challenge to it, and that's what your point is. You know, there's a there's a public interest piece to it, and I think what you're saying is, could a superstar of the WNBA do something like that? And I think that'd be very cool, very cool to see. JJ, any other topics we want to cover tonight? Um, well, you know, we were talking about soccer. I went and saw LAFC play against uh, Dallas, and um, most of the LAFC games that I've watched have been against good clubs. Or last year, I went to three playoff games in a row, and I was shocked at how terrible Dallas was as a soccer team. Um, and it just reminded me how far that league has to go. Um, they do like kind of game the system so the bigger clubs, the new clubs and the bigger clubs do better with the uh, acquisition of foreign players and whatnot. Yep. But like, I, I've never seen so many lapses in possession or balls are passed out of bounds. Or they were hacking the crap out of everybody. There's multiple cards, like five yellow cards and one red card. It was a disaster. It was really like, and of course, LAFC got sucked right into it. And, um, you know, they're about six inches away from winning five to nothing, but instead they won two to one. And that's just what happens, you know, but still a great atmosphere at LAFC, but really interesting to see how poor um, the lower level clubs are. Um, yeah, I don't know. Boca Raton, Florida sucks. hot dad dad spring how's your hot dad spring Kev what's up my hot dad spring is uh, I mean I'll tell you what we thought we had a broken foot we got an MRI it's not broken so my guess is plantar fasciitis which is even more pathetic so that's how my hot dad spring is going tell me yours is going uh, what 43 years old now 44 years old I'm 44 as we say it's really quarantra, 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 I know, but. 44-itis is what you've got. I got the, yeah, I got the 44-itis, right. Um, so anyway. I was, that- running, uh, I was running the other day, and after I played a game of soccer, and then I went for a jog to, like, get the extra mile. Yeah. And halfway through it, my ankle started hurting. So, you know, I tried to tough it out, but who were we fooling? So I stopped, and I walked back, and um, I limped, straight up limped for, like, five, ten minutes. And then it went away. And that is just being in your 40s and trying to move your body, I think. Yeah, man, that's 100% true. So anyway, my hot dad, my hot dad spring is getting started. But as you know, here in the Northeast, spring starts later than March 20th. You know, so spring really doesn't start to the Monday of Boston Marathon weekend. So I guess high hopes. We, we've got a, you know, we're moving studios. We're moving out of this little closet that I'm in right now in Boston. We're moving out to a little bigger spot where there'll actually be a studio for the show. And uh, I feel like Hot Dad Spring may be transient, but Hot Dad Summer, oof, I'm feeling I'm feeling optimistic about Hot Dad Summer. So let's go with just that. Gotta, you just got to rehab your random old guy injury, and then you'll be ready for Hot Dad Summer. That's what I'm talking about. 
That is what I'm talking about, you know? And, hey, you're uh, talking about buying a car. I bought a, a Subaru Forester when I was like six months old, okay? And I love it. It's a great car, but I wish I had gotten the third row vehicle. And if you can afford it with your commute to have the lower gas mileage, do it. especially if the possibility of one day getting yourself into another um, child is on the table, like you... I can't recommend that third row, the extra space to be able to be, the ability to put the back seats down and just load the back with cargo. Your your possessions in your life are about to multiply in an infinite um, compounding manner. Yes. You, might have, you know what people buy for little girls, Gavin? They buy things that come with like 6,000 parts. They're all plastic. They're all like precious and you can't lose any of them or throw them away. God forbid. Yeah. Like, Everybody, they go, oh, make your own jewelry kit. Like, oh, it's the third one we've got. We've got 18,000 pieces, and they don't fit each other. You know, like, I, I would. I took Anya camping, just me and her, midweek. Yeah. She brought, she brought more cargo and dolls and toys than I brought in clothes and food, okay? Like, just in case. This is your life. Accept it. Embrace it. Ride it out. And get the bigger vehicle. Well, I mean, I can't get the smaller vehicle now, I'll tell you what. And the other good news is, uh, you know, we've got, yeah, I mean, that'll be uh, that'll be Chief Marketing Officer Cindy Harrington's vehicle. And, uh, I mean, hey, Charlotte, Charlotte's making the money, doing Money Mondays for drilling threes. So, I mean, you know, th- that'll be their car, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Like a Telluride or an Ascent or something that's like... Big and beefy and super safe, and you don't have to bend over to put your kid in the car seat. You don't have to wiggle your body in sideways to like get them in the car. Dude, and I had a your life uh, easier. I'll tell you what. Here's my. I'll tell you how my hot dad summers. My hot dad springs going. This will be. And again, we don't have to end it here, but we probably could. So, I come home from work last Saturday. I work on the weekends sometimes, and it was St. Patrick's Day three-day weekend in Selfie here where we live, which is the, the worst place to be for St. Patrick's Day if you're not in your 20s. Yeah. Nowhere to park. I had to put it in a garage about a mile and a half from the house. So on Monday, my treat was Charlotte and I have to walk with the stroller a mile and a half to the garage. And of course, some jabroni parked super tight next to the back door where her car seat is. So I had to put her in the other side. And like... I wonder why my foot hurts, my back hurts. I'm doing like Cirque du Soleil with a 22-pound kid in a car seat in my car. Like otherworldly stuff. And then, of course, I can't even walk the next day. But it's like, you know, the stuff you got to do living in the city uh, with a sedan. Yeah, you're right. I mean, give, give, give me the beefy car. I don't want to bend over anymore. I don't want to do gymnastics anymore. And uh, that was it. That was my last St. Patrick's Day in Southie, and I couldn't be happier to to be watching that on TV or not thinking about it for the rest of my life. Our second car is a 2005 Honda Civic that will one day be the only thing that works in this world. It will never die. The engine light came on last week, and I, I'm like, I don't believe it. I bring it over to the auto parts store, and I plug the computer thing into it, and it says that. The gas cap is, you know, loose. That's the only thing I've ever had to do to it besides brakes and tires. This is my second 
gas cap I've had to replace in 17 years. So it's the greatest Honda Civic of all time. Unbelievable. It will rot from the outside, as Hondas tend to do. But the engine. Still haven't figured out clear coat. But the four-cylinder engine will just continue to hum um, long after any of us are gone. But um, every time one of us gets stuck with the small car and the child, there's a a tide of resentment in the marriage for like, you know, 15 minutes as we deal with like the fact that we're going to have to like do the Cirque du Soleil maneuver. Yeah. The the mental, the mental gymnastics of like, I got to get this kid down all of Broadway. Keep her eyes out of the sun because she refuses to wear her little baby sunglasses. And then when I get to this, the garage and I get her all the way up to the fifth floor, if I hopefully remember my ticket and it works, then I got to get her into the gosh darn car for the right to yeah. drive her home. <laughs> and mine is now old enough where she can scramble in and buckle her own oh, uh, nice. seatbelt. That's nice. But she never does it when I ask her to. And it takes like 15 extra minutes for her to do it rather than me do the circ bend. But her uh, the blue car now has the booster seat, the big girl booster seat. And that's a whole new program of clipping in. So, I mean, I got to get back. I'm back to bending, over. bending sideways oh. into the back seat and um, of, the, of the Honda and, you know, holding like quiet resentment towards my wife for having the big car that day. Well, the best, the best, the best and the brightest, guys. If you're out there, hang, hang tight, buy a, high, buy a vehicle with high suspension. JJ, at Man Cook Good, guys, he's always doing great stuff. JJ's also moved into like, um, showcasing the school lunches he's making, which is actually really good for lunch ideas for your kids who might be in school. So follow JJ on Instagram, at Man Cook Good. Um, make sure you follow at Pops Catch Designs for these Drillin' Three shirts. Follow at Drillin' Threes, gosh darn it, America's favorite party band. And hey, Filibuster Freestyle, like, rate, ride, you know, subscribe, review, all the good stuff. Listen to the Gosh Darn Show, tell your friends. JJ, stick around for a couple more seconds. We will catch up. Everybody else, enjoy the final four. We are picking carne asada fries in the final against the Cuban Sandwich, and the Miami Hurricanes slash Cuban Sandwiches of Miami will be your 2023 national champions. JJ, thanks a lot. Yeah, guys.